how do we want to introduce this? I mean, quarantine makes people do quarantine things, like making a podcast. And now we have a podcast. Period. All right. Well, here we are in quarantine. And unfortunately, quarantine led us to watching the Twilight film. Mm. And there's a lot to unpack. (laughs) For this first episode, we just wanted to give our take on why Midnight Sun by Stephanie Meyer should not happen. Um, But I think Whitney wants to give a little bit of like a disclaimer before we do these topics real quick. Yeah, you know, we don't want to make it seem like we're anti-fun, anti-nostalgia, you know, do your thing. Living your Twilight fantasy, we all had worms of brains back then. It's okay. It's okay to admit that you liked it or you still like it. But it's also okay to realize that no media is perfect and we can criticize it while still liking it. There we go. Now let's talk about this hot trash that is Stephanie Meyer and her books. <laughs> um, nah. It, it, let me just give some context briefly. But like, if you weren't around in 2008 and 2012 for some reason and just was living in a bubble, God bless you. But um, during those years was when the Twilight saga really popped off, especially about the movies. Um, so you had Twilight. New Moon, Eclipse, and Breaking Dawn, um, where this where we got introduced to Kristen Stewart, Robert Pattinson, shortly introduced to Taylor Lautner, don't know where he's at now, but um, yeah, and that was a era of pandemonium, teenage girls getting their lives to either being Team Jacob or Team Edward, I was Team Jacob, get with the winning team. Um, and now we're just going to unpack the hot trash that is this saga. <laughs> you know what? Dare I say the Twilight Saga was like the, I guess, the birth of like fandom culture becoming mm. so huge. Mm. Like it predated One Direction. It did that. It did. And it's like, yeah, if we want to talk about like pop culture in general, like when the internet was coming up and being a thing, like it was slowly becoming a thing where people were obsessing over celebrities and stuff. But like when it came to um, film adaptations of books, they really like sped up the process of people people becoming stands. And it's like, if you were a part of the Twilight stand era, you probably transitioned into being like a Justin Bieber fan and then a One Direction fan. I feel like there's a link. (laughs) But yeah, that's so true. That's a correlation, sis. It is. It is a direct correlation. Um, how old were we during that time? I don't even. I it can't do quick math. So two thousand eight. I was how, in eighth grade, bro. I was in eighth grade in two thousand eight. And how many years are you older than me? Three. Seven, so six, five. I was. I, was eighth, I think I was third. Was I thirteen? I could have sworn I started reading the books in sixth grade. And then that's when I got into the movies. You probably did. That was the time, right? You were six. It was. I was in sixth grade. And now I'm 22. (laughs) Wow. 
Yo, that's crazy. It feels like yesterday, but now it's, it's like that was so long ago. That was before the, the decade started, the 10 started. Literally, I went from like eighth grade. I graduated in 2012, so I went straight through like high school with this Twilight Saga. It's crazy. Wow. If you don't know, again, the Edwards consist of oh, the Edwards, the characters <laughs> consisted of. <laughs> Um, Bella, Edward, Jacob. Those are the three main people you need to know. Everybody else is not really that important. But um, yeah, Bella is the one stuck in between a vampire and a werewolf. And as the movies progress, she decides who she wants to be with and also goes through life and death with these people. So, yeah, literally. That is the best way I can summarize this whole saga. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to add to it. Messy is the one word I would use to describe it. It's messy. Very messy. And instead of like breaking down each movie, which we tried to do, and then realized how much time it would take for us to get through each and every single movie. I mean, we can roast it for like hours and hours. We can. We can because we got the time and we're quick with it. But for your sake and our sake, we're just going to go through like summarize points as to why Midnight Sun is probably going to be Kaka and why you shouldn't read it. You know, I think we should start with the biggest reason of all why we shouldn't have Midnight Sun. And it's just, you know, we've progressed so far as a society and as especially as women in society, we've progressed past the need to have sociopathic men be portrayed as romantic. And as the right choice, that's a word. That's a word. That's a word. You know, and we have so much. We can. We have so much evidence from Twilight alone. Why Edward was probably not somebody she should have been with. Hit us with some facts, Audrey. Hit us with some facts. First, he literally tried to get out of being in class with her because he felt compelled to kill her. Now. If you didn't see the movie or this scene in particular, Bella walks into the lab and Edward is visibly gagging at her scent. And then later in the film, when Bella discloses that she found out that he's a vampire, he discloses to her that it took everything in him not to kill her. So in Midnight Sun, we're going to be getting the perspective of Edward. Do we really need to get this perspective from somebody who would say that to their supposed love interest in the book I don't think so I don't think it's cute I don't think it's really romantic for somebody to say that they would want to kill me Um, maybe in other ways but not in this way (laughs) Um, but yeah let's just move on to the second point (laughs) which is um, racism Take a breath here with me. <laughs> the I way, had so much points, girl. Like, throughout all, I personally, I'm just, just going to disclose, I only stopped until halfway into New Moon. I could not physically get myself through the rest of the films because of how wretched and terrible they are. <laughs> um, but for what I will say, based off of New Moon and what I can remember from the books, because it's not that hard to remember the plot, 
the way that Native American people have been portrayed by Stephanie Meyer, there is something there that needs to be addressed. And I don't know. Garbage, Your Honor. I don't know if it's because she just probably is refuses to do the research on Native people or like doesn't want to put the effort in portraying them in a way that isn't synonymous to being an animal. Um, but it just does not sit well with my spirit. <laughs> And Native people deserve better. And Stephanie Meyer is not doing that for y'all. And I know she's going to be there writing from Arab's perspective, talking about these dirty mugs. Like, how could you as a white woman sit there and write these words about people being, like, animalistic and dirty and smell and all of these things and not realize, like, you know what? This could probably come across as racist. And it did in the movies. And yet... It really jumped out. Probably because we were young and we weren't in, in like cahoots with knowing about like thing pieces and like what people were saying. Mm-hmm. But like if we were this age back then, we probably would Definitely. not have given Stephanie Myers our money the way that we did. Because in New Moon, Eclipse, it's, the movies past Twilight, the wolf, the people who are wolves just walk around with just no shirts on, shorts. And they just do the most craziest. It's like we don't get a a backstory to them. We don't really get to see like how this tribe of Native people, which we don't even know what tribe they're in to begin with. I don't recall her mentioning a certain tribe. Did they in Twilight? They mentioned like when they were telling, I think they're like backstory um about their they they did a little bit about their tribe. But like But it wasn't like like what were their at the detail level it should have been. Yeah, yeah, like what were their rituals? How is this possible for them to like transform into wolves? Like or even if not that, like maybe giving us a little bit of like history if there is history about native people believing that people can transform into di- different animals or what that means. Even if it's like a folklore or something, what does that mean? We didn't get that. It's just like Native people are animals. They walk around with shorts on, with only sh- their abs <laughs> out, and that's it. Like, I get she could argue that, okay, it's Bella's story. But if you're going to go so far as to introduce a whole species into a series and a whole, especially when it's related directly related to a bloodline of specific kinds of people, you should take the fucking time to explain it thoroughly and do it justice. I don't care whose story it is. And it's like, if you didn't want to do that research, you could have just stuck the white people. Exactly. And it's like, let's say some some studio wants to put money into making this into a movie, which won't happen because Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart, they're done with that unless they completely redo the whole... A chop. Unless they re- completely redo the whole thing. Recast Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, I'm pretty sure, again, the native people are going to be the background or they're just going to be there to come save day or whatever, and then just back up. Like, we're not going to really know who these people are. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we know who Jacob is, but, like, do we really know who Jacob is? I mean, Jacob, to me, was just this poor, misguided, hot-headed kid, because that's how she portrayed him, which is also, like, girl, why was every reaction that he had to not getting what he wanted or being, like, disappointed or, like, with these angry, like, violent outbursts. 
why was that the case? He had to run through the bushes, scream into the top of his lungs like a child, but in animal form. So it just made it like yikes. Yikes! Like, like, why couldn't he just walk away, or why couldn't he just say, "You know what, Bella? I need some time to process." Like the vampires, so the thing look more civilized than that. Like that's what I got, and they act like they're so polished and they're so. Oh, I'm so. Oh, I'm ethereal. But then I'm, you have I'm the royal, ones who are like, just almost like. like who ah, you the, the the difference in the way that they tried to like make them look compared to the vampires it didn't sit well with me at all. It was just so obvious at that point, like the juxtaposition she was trying to create. It was like okay, so dirty brown people and pristine white people, great, got it. And then even when there were vampires of color, like the like two black ones that we saw. <laughs> they looked ashy let's get into that makeup (laughs) they looked like you know when you were a kid i don't know if you did this but like you would just be itching your leg just to see how ashy it could get (laughs) especially around your leg area and then when you look at it it's like you completely have new skin it's yo that's what they looked like that's what they were giving that's what they were giving and these contacts Who thought it was a cute idea? The way that the makeup, the hair was just a mess. I will, like, we talked about how, like, it was accurate with the way that they portrayed how high school people dress. I appreciated that. Definitely. Um, But then it's also, like, the Cullens looked like they were 35 and plus with kids. And they're supposed Mm -hmm. to be high school people. Costco membership holding. Mini van toting the whole nine yards. Uh, um, but yeah, let's get back on like our other point. <laughs> um, another point that came up to, for me is just like teenage angst to me is just overdone in a way that it's like it's gotten to the point where it's kind of become, okay, teenage angst equals the most abusive and toxic relationships to ever exist, but rather than it being like that. a journey through trying to figure out who you are as a person, and yeah, there are other people in your life, but it's like mainly just who am I in this world as a young person? Um, and I feel Say as though people like Stephanie Myers doesn't really interrogate who Bella was trying to figure out, like, what she was trying to figure out who she is apart from the relationships that she's in it's always just been like yeah. who am i in this relationship not who am i as just a human being before she got turned into a vampire which is something that i didn't um i didn't like at all yeah and my thing is like like you said she there wasn't enough of bella's self discovery as uh, a person as who mm-hmm. she was which a lot of us can't relate to because you know you're 17 and you're, 17, you're trying to figure shit out you either think you have it together or you're trying to like put it together and i guess she would kind of fall into the first mm-hmm. category but then i feel like what was bella's real motivation behind wanting to become a vampire so bad other than being with edward forever thank you i feel like there has to be some reason why you would want to be immortal so bad like she was so thirsty for it against all odds against the man that she loved telling her bitch i love you when you're old and wrinkly and your skin is falling and you think you're ugly i will love you like that 
but she's like no but i need to be young and then it's also just like do you think as you get older suddenly your beauty is gone if that makes sense like it says that's another point mm-hmm. we have to hit it's the ageism that jumped out in yeah me. get on it get on it she was so obsessed with not being older than Edward, not being this, not be. I don't want to age. I don't want to age. Don't remind me of my age. I hate that. Like, it was obsessive and to the point it, it made me uncomfortable because I know, like, as women, we all, like, have this irrational fear of, like, getting older, but we just know it's rooted in just men. Misogyny and, like, and all that. Right. And consumerism. Like, capitalism all of it it's all tied right. into these structures anti-wrinkle anti-aging bitch shut up i'm getting old i'm having wrinkles i'm sagging leave me the fuck alone like and it's also just like why does that make me less of a person even though within the age that he was portraying himself to be he was like he said he was 17 right and mm-hmm. he's technically 109 he years old 17 mm-hmm. so it's like yeah in numbers you may be older than him by a year which she gets she becomes um mm-hmm. 18 in new moon but mm-hmm. physically nothing's really gonna change until you get like past your teens and young adulthood like what uh, it just even jacob at a certain point was just like why are you bringing up age so much yo it was so annoying. It was so annoying to me that she was so, like, persistent that I have to be preserved in this, like, basically, you just got past puberty. Like, you're still kind of in puberty. Like, I'm, I want to stay in this pubescent mm-hmm. frame. You know, it, it just plays into this whole obsession that people have with young women mm. in society, and it's not okay. Mm. And we can't be dragging that into the next generation again, even more so with the stupid ass revival of this book. Yeah. I'm sorry, leave it. And, it, it. and it doesn't help it. that she's in the relationship <laughs> where, like, this person is literally emotionally manipulative. Um, and mm. she felt like she had to give all of her for him to understand who she is simply because he couldn't read her mind. And it's like she mm. sacrificed so much for this person in order for him to have access to how she's feeling, but he doesn't even, like, really check in with how she's feeling unless he says it. Because he can't get that cheat code Literally. of figuring out what she's saying in her head. Um, and all of them, like, the whole Cullen tribe, if we want to get into manipulation and trash, all of them, I think, were trash in their were. own way. I feel like the only one who wasn't trash actually was Emmett and, like, Esme. Emmett was they were just... the only ones who didn't try to impose their own things upon Bella. They were the only ones who weren't projecting. Carlisle literally turned all of them without even asking them. I understand they were on their deathbed, but like, hey, do you want this life? He just went upon himself. He was like, what's that? I'm going to do it. What's what's consent? And Rosalie confirmed that. She said, none of us had a choice. And that's why she was so mad about it. She was like, why would you choose this? None and of people us hated her so that? much, but she was just dropping true truth. And she was the only valid one. She was just dropping truth the whole time. The only time she became like invalid in my eyes was her like selfishly wanting Bella to like keep the baby because she didn't, you know, obviously she yeah. wanted a child more than anything else in the world. And she didn't care about Bella. She only cared yeah. about the child. But I so mean, I, like, mm, I mean, the first whatever. movie she didn't like Bella. Were we really expecting her to really care <laughs> about how she was? No, she didn't give a fuck. But yeah. Like Alice was just and then Jasper with his emotional like, manipulation. 
he didn't change Bella's move without her consent. Like, who were these fucking weirdos who would just do everything without your consent? It was really weird. To weird. Me. And it's like, we ate it up. And it's like, what was Stephanie Myers going through? That is my question. Like, what was she experiencing for her to be like, yeah, these character traits are just, they're good. They're good. Like, this would be okay. They're good. They're normal. It's not. This is going to hit with the kids. I mean, she was right. It did hit with the kids, but they were kids. That's why it's hit. Like, ah. Uh, and, you know, it makes it even weirder when you think back to the age variety that you would see in the movie theater when you watch it. Yes, Twilight. let's talk about that. How... I would be there with my friends and see women well into their 30s like on a girls' night watching that movie. If I was in my 30s, I was not sitting in a fucking movie about this twin-lipped, pale-ass, narrow, wiry-ass boy manipulating this but girl you know, for but two you hours. Know, like, we have to sort of like give Stephanie Myers and the writers and all them their props too because it's like they were able to market yeah. it to a vast array of ages and it wasn't like you had to be a certain age but then it also got to the point where it's like you know this is based in high school and this is supposed to be like mm. a teenage movie even now yeah at the age of 24 like like now for me watching high school stuff sometimes i watch over it like if i'm watching it i kind of see myself watching it as if i'm a parent now and okay. for me but I watch it yeah. with like a gaze of a For parent. me, though, it's like... To see if they're portraying I have to tap good. into high school Audrey and being like, was I like this in high school or were there people around me who were like this in high school? Like, the last thing I watched that had to do with high school was selling the spades. And I low-key got emotional watching it mm-hmm. because, like, mainly because of the representation that was going on. But it's also... It was sort of realistic mm-hmm. with the way that they portrayed high school people. Whereas in Twilight, they did portray... Yeah. High school, I, I think they did their best. Yeah, and I also think like because it was through the lens, obviously, of like a, yeah. a white girl and like a mainly white environment, like it might have been harder to relate to if you're not from that same kind of environment and background. Whereas, like we mentioned, Stella and the Spades, it was like through the lens of a black girl, so you could mm-hmm. relate to it. More. But now that I'm thinking about your point of how you were watching it in high school and seeing um, people 30 plus, we just talked about mm-hmm. how like this movie is the reason why Fifty Shades of Grey existed. What mm-hmm. did you, it's like? How how do you go and watch this movie, and then you say mm-hmm. BDSM? How do you go and watch a movie based about <laughs> based on seventeen year old people, and then conjure up the idea of BDSM? That you know what I want to get more into the fan fiction like. What type of fan fiction? That you, I don't even have a specifics. Because I don't give a fuck about E.L. James or her stupid ass Fifty Shades trilogy. I don't give a fuck if anybody gets offended. Like, mm. suck a dick from the back. Move on. Like, <laughs> I don't care. But, but like you said, for her to infer like a fan fiction-esque type thing from teenagers as a grown-ass, grown-ass woman. white woman. And a lot of people, like, this is going to be another, we're going to take this to another topic of podcast, maybe for the next episode, about, like, fandom culture and, and fan fiction and what 
going I got on down so there. much to say because this past week <laughs> I've been subjected to fan fictions that simply do not realize that they are problematic in their things. But continue. Yep, like that's just I don't I don't understand it. But like you said, the go back to the marketing. Like even though this was a story about like high school people, and I guess like a overall it was supposed to be this quote unquote great love story. It got people from like diapers, baby diapers, to literally old people diapers in the theaters. There was this woman I remember when I saw Twilight, a ninety-year-old woman like sitting in the front row. I'm like, and she yeah, was eating that was shit up. It wasn't like she was dragged there by her daughter. About Twilight and the way that the books were written and the way that the movies were done that just drew people no matter what age you were in to go see it. Like, I don't know if it had to just... It probably is marketing on top of the fact that... Let's just say, like, Stephanie Myers, she created her own little category within young adult fiction books because, yeah, Mm -hmm. there were um, vampire books before, but a lot of them either were, like, True Blood and, and... were for adults because of the explicit content or Mm -hmm. um, vampire diaries. I felt like it was mainly for like people who were in high school and older, but like that came after the fact or really became popular after the fact. Mm -hmm. But Stephanie Myers, at the time that she got her books published, there wasn't really anybody giving what she was giving. One thing I will say about Stephanie Myers is she is a good writer. Like, in terms of just looking at it, like, from a literature perspective, New Moon was one of the best literary works I probably yeah, read like, in my it, childhood. Like, it was really well read. I was in middle school, so, like, the fact that I was able to comprehend and get through each chapter and never feel as though I'm lost or don't know what's going on, mm-hmm. that speaks to her writing ability. Like, she was able to make people who were yeah. older not feel like they were reading a child's book and make people who were younger not feel like they are reading a book straight out of, like, kindergarten or something like that so she was re- yeah her mm-hmm. writing also i think that's also why um anybody could have gotten into it and it's like mm-hmm. i'm thinking of just like hunger games divergent and like all suddenly everybody yep. wants to like yep back these books that have like three stories or more and want to make them into films like mm-hmm. okay miss stephanie myers i see why you had that impact on us but it shouldn't be brought into the 20s. Mm-hmm. No. Keep it. Leave it. Listen, I'm all for, like, books being adapted into series because we have some really good ones to come out of. Like, we just Oof. watched Little Which Fires. We, we need to like, make an episode about that. A serve. <laughs> a serve. Big Little Lies. Mm-hmm. Also, a serve. Like, you know, these things being adapted. But I feel like it's... When it's adult, like stories about adults being adapted by adults, it turns out pretty for the pretty most part. Because the like part, these you know? Game of Thrones girlies are still upset, and this was an adult book, and there was a thing made by adults. <laughs> Listen, that's a whole other can of worms. If we want to talk about fantasy, like things being adapted into movies, shows, whatever, that's a whole other can of worms. We gotta open it is. because it's a mess. Again, y'all. I apologize. It's a mess. These people are just zooming here and there. I apologize for the noise in the background. Listen, but um, it is what it is. I feel like we touched on a lot of points. I don't know if there was any way you wanted to conclude this. 
maybe oh maybe what we would like to see in like books or um things that are going to be catered to young people because i already know what uh uh-huh go Mm -hmm. ahead i yeah i think i definitely would like to see more positive and effective communication because people don't give teenagers enough credit especially like these teenagers who were born in like early 2000s or like even like going towards like 2010s now they're going towards teenagers dumb like these Mm -hmm. kids are smart smarter than we were at their ages because they don't have any choice but to be because of the way that you know the way society is now like these kids have seen a lot. They've been through a lot already at the ripe age of whatever the age they are now. So people need to yeah. give them definitely more credit. Like, they're not dumb. They know how to communicate. They know how to resolve issues yeah, and without it's creating like, another one. Let's just assume so no that. young person ever knows how to communicate. Well, let's give them imagery that shows that teenagers should know how to communicate. And I think what mm-hmm. also piggybacking off of that is like, I would like to see boundaries be explicitly named within entertainment. I feel as though like young people are sort of being like told like you should accept this, but don't accept that. And we're not explaining why they shouldn't accept that or why they should accept this. It's like, we have, we're just like throwing them into the lines and Mm -hmm. hoping they understand what boundaries mean, um, especially for themselves. So that's something that I think should definitely be portrayed. Mm -hmm in any type of fantasy or any type of thing that's going to be sort of like Twilight. Um, also, mm-hmm. where the black people at? Yo! It hurts my heart when I see these like fantasy stuff and like literally even when I was in school. Keep in mind that I live in a predominantly black country. It's 90, I would say 95% black. 92%-ish. The fact that a lot of people, including myself at the time, like, our belief was that, oh, Black people have no place in fantasy tropes. It is. It's fucked up. And that's just because it was what we were being fed. It was like, we weren't portrayed in, you know, Middle Earth, like, elf shit or vampire shit, werewolf shit. Like, we weren't portrayed in any mm-hmm. of that. So we didn't feel like we and had it's like, place. whenever we are included, like, I'm just going to bring up Game of Thrones as an example because that's the first thing that's coming to mind. But we could also just tie it back to Twilight. Like, the only time I only mm-hmm. I saw a Black person when I was watching it from, like, seasons one to four, they were a pirate. They weren't really a part of the plot. And they're usually giving a role mm-hmm. where they're the bad guy, like in Twilight. Um, so it's kind of like, mm-hmm. even when we are included, we're not given the hero arc or we're not given the mm-hmm. we're not we're not really discussed much or we don't really get interrogated as much as a character we're just the placeholder mm-hmm. to just to say there's one black person but like that's the only black person who ever existed within this realm in this book um yeah mm-hmm. it is and it's like yeah it's messed up and like Killmonger, he was barely Native American he had like one drop <laughs> One dropped the most. He was just. That's the thing. I, I like, looked him up he and like he it? says like distant, distant. Like he has, um, 
distant native blood in him and I believe he said Navajo and another tribe but it's like but isn't it crazy like I would have rather them not no, he probably was too young at the time but like that dude from Team Wolf who was in the later seasons um, he's yeah. really really white passing though, but and it's not like and, he's like half and, and it's he like, looks white but I would have took that are still alive they still exist there are a lot of them out here yeah, they're probably within their own communities, but I'm pretty sure there are some native people who still want to act. I'm just like so nostalgic right now because <laughs> I'm really thinking of just like 2008 Yo, it's crazy. was just such a pivotal moment what in terms it? of just like what I was consuming, who I was mm-hmm. as a person. Pop culture was at mm-hmm. its peak. We could do a whole podcast on, like, Lady Gaga, Rihanna, Beyonce. Oh, my God, girl. All of it. We were eating. Twilight was giving. All of it. I don't know. If I could, yeah, closing thoughts. It's just, like. Closing thoughts. Stephanie Myers, she has her pros and her cons. Um, Young people deserve better representation Mm -hmm. within the media that they're consuming. Um. And Twilight mm-hmm. is the reason why y'all girlies are the way that y'all all are social media with your face. And y'all need to accept that and give Twilight its flowers while Period. it's still around, okay? Give it to us. We deserve badges of honor. Period. For the way that we were acting on the social media. We do. <laughs> we do. Okay? We started this shit. And that's my thoughts. Thank you. <laughs> Yes, it does. <laughs> I mean, like I, said, I give, I give it this props for the impact it had on social, on on everything. The way that we, you know, fandomize today, it really, it really started that shit. Like nobody can deny it. Like Twilight culture, One Direction culture, they started this whole fandom shit. Um, also, you know, like you say, it it, it had the pros and its cons. It gave us the iconic "Don't smell that shit." scene it gave us super massive black hole baseball like come mm-hmm. on sis iconic you know you name my daughter after the Loch Ness Monster like Comedic it goal. gave us some moments um, but it's gotta stay mm-hmm. where it is to keep its charm because if we move it forward yeah, you're gonna take the charm out of it okay so just leave it where it is it's like how you can watch scary movie and what Cindy say nigga, even though she's a big ass white girl, and laugh at it because it was made in the early 2000s. Like, don't yeah, bring that's it a up. great leave point. It. Like, leave it certain things were meant to be made at a certain time, and there's no need to try to like remake it, yep. revive it. Because when y'all do, it's pretty transparent mm-hmm. that you're in for it for the money, not really trying to like expand mm-hmm. on the story that was already started. So, yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. just leave it we're fine without it trust me we appreciate what you did for us in those pivotal moments of our lives but please leave us in peace now but yeah um thank y'all for listening <laughs> to god bless you if you made it this far oh my god you probably will have everything that you need by the time that this quarantine is over um i'm manifesting it for mm. you <laughs> 
Mm. Um, yeah. Blessings. Hot Take Academy, episode one. Lesson one, may I add. <laughs> um, lesson lesson one. one. Yes, ma'am. Oh my God, I'm about to sound so the um, what's those points? The circle, circle. <laughs> yes, colon. <laughs> colon? Jesus. I just finished undergrad. And here I am, not knowing how to say colon. <laughs> Listen, Listen, we're all brain dead. Stephanie Myers, hang it up, flat screen. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs>